This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two on this busy, busy Wednesday night, final day of August 2022. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. Where else would you rather be? We'll take you for a couple of more hours. Anita's coming up at 10 p.m. She'll take you the rest of the evening. At Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A is where you can find me on Twitter. Just to reset a little bit, 2 nothing Metsies in the fourth. Marte, a two-run homer. DeGrom on the mound cruising, as you would expect. Yankees still a little bit of ways away out there in Anaheim. They will get going in about an hour and a half against the Halos out there at Angels Stadium. As you heard Kevin Winter say there on the update, yes, yeah, Serena, up a break, serving for the first set against the two-seed, Annette Contevite. So she's up 5-4 with a break, trying to serve out the first set, playing a lot better than uh, Monday night in the first-round match. You know, maybe just needed that match play, that match fitness, you know, just to work the rust off a little bit. You never know. Um, but she's making it a baseline game, and her opponent is allowing her to play that way. And I think that that is Edge Serena if it's a baseline game here. Uh, if I was the opponent, I would try to uh, maybe make her come in, make her come to the net, given uh, where she is in her career, and maybe her uh, level of mobility is not what it once was. But you know, who am I? I'm not a tennis coach. I'm just somebody watching the damn thing. Anyway, busy couple of days for the football teams, really for all 32 teams in the National Football League because rosters had to be at 53. And now over the next few days, teams are going to – Take the 53 that they have, sift through them, see if there are any other guys that they may identify on another club and, you know, maybe see if they can work a trade for them to maybe bring them in town. And then, hey, it is full systems go once you get back uh, on Monday and begin preparation for the week one opponent, whoever that might be. And, you know, when you look at the Jets, they really had one incredible um roster makeover here over the last couple of days and and what I mean by that is yeah they made the same amount of cuts as every other team in the NFL had to do I mean it's not like they got a you know an exception or anything they had to you know cut guys just like the other 31 teams did but there have been upwards if you count the last couple of weeks even before like you had to get down to 53 there have been upwards of 11 players that the Jets cut that have already been claimed by other teams in the National Football League. And just over the last two days, Chuma Doga got claimed by the Falcons. Isaiah Dunn, Seattle. Rashad Wild Goose, Washington. Jason Pinnock to the Giants. Javelin Guidry to Arizona. Delshawn Phillips, Baltimore. Trayvon Wesco, Chicago. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means that more than anything else, Jets said goodbye to some guys that other teams in the NFL value enough to where they should have a roster spot on their club. And that wasn't always the case in the past. You know, you're not going to find too many players who get cut from bottom of the standings teams, right? And then they just get automatically snatched up by another club. And this happened out of the Jets, what, 11 times? 11 times. So do the Jets really have that many good guys? Has Joe Douglas waved a magic wand to the extent that now the Jets might have one of the more talented teams in the National Football League? Like, I mean, on the surface, that's what it would imply, right? You know, it wasn't even that long ago where, 
you know, they were making their cuts at the end of training camp and at the end of the preseason, and you looked at it, and you might not even have had 53 guys who were even worthy to be on the team. Right? It's almost like you were just making an exception because, well, you needed to have 53, so you got to keep 53. But they weren't like true, legitimate, like NFL roster players on winning type teams. Well, now that's not the case. Because now you're saying goodbye to guys that other teams who have aspirations of winning and of competing are taking the guys that apparently weren't good enough to play on your team, and they said, thank you very much. We'll take them. Thanks a lot. You know, the Cowboys. Cowboys were looking for a tackle, and they were looking for some help after Tyron Smith went down. They called up the Jets. They tried to work out a deal for Chuma Doga, and Joe said, nah, no thanks. Didn't find anything that he saw fit. So they ended up cutting cutting him, and he gets claimed by the Atlanta Falcons. But Baltimore picked up one of their linebackers. Baltimore, you know, they got designs on winning the division this year. You know, Arizona's got plans of doing good things this year, and the NFC West took a player. Jason Pinnock, how about that one? To me, I was shocked, shocked that Jason Pinnock was shown the door. This is a guy who was a rookie last year out of pit. I want to say he was either like a fifth or a sixth round draft choice, right? At corner, that because they were so decimated by injury at safety last season, they converted him to safety. He was learning the position there. He was taken to it. He was making some progress. And they were talking him up left and right. Reported back for camp this year was standing out making plays during practice, during camp. Not in a million years did I think that he would ever be on the chopping block. And only time will tell if it was proven to be the right decision or not, but you know what was the right decision? The Giants were the ones that actually put in the waiver claim for him and got him. The way the pecking order went, the Jets had the fourth waiver claim, Giants actually had the fifth. Because they were both right behind each other last season, you know, in terms of record, standing, that type of thing. So the Giants ended up getting their hands on Pinnock, and I think Pinnock's going to help him. I think he's a good player. He's a good dude. Great work ethic. Very athletic. Versatility. Giants might have a little bit of steel on their hands. So I think that was a brilliant, brilliant move by Joe Shane and everybody there with the Giants. As far as the Jets are concerned, though, I know they tried to explain it today as to what led into the logic behind getting rid of a Pinnock and keeping guys like Ashton Davis You know, Tony Adams was the undrafted free agent who played really, really well. We told you that they ended up hanging on to him. Will Parks was a guy they said goodbye to with safety, but they were able to re-sign Parks to the practice squad today. I think that was a good move there. But the Pinnock one, that to me is still the head-scratcher. It really and truly is. So, you know what, instead of me rambling on here, let's hear from the head coach. Um, Here is Robert Sala. And talking about the organizational philosophy – how the team is being built, and he says that they believe that there will be wins and big wins, namely championships in the future. I still believe we're going to win championships here. I think when you look at Joe and his staff and the way he communicates with us as a coaching staff, our process is too good. I think the players that we've brought in are made of the right stuff, and the way this organization communicates, the way Woody and Christopher just give us whatever we need with regards to player acquisitions and, and being in this building and their support, it's, it's too good not for, this, for this not to work. 
and just really excited again to just continue to build this roster and develop these young men and live up to the promise that we made when, when we first got here. Anybody catch the fact that he says championships, right? He says champion. Play that again, Harvey. Play, play it again, and then you can stop it right after he says it when he says we're going to win championships here. Listen to this. I still believe we're going to win championships here, I think. How about that? Not just championship singular, championships plural. I mean, the old saying is that, you know what, you got you to gotta learn to walk first before you can run, but they say the hell with that. We're winning championships. And I like that. I do. Because far too long the organization's been a doormat, a laughingstock, whatever term you want to use. You know what? And it's a good mindset and a good mentality, a breath of fresh air to come in here and try to instill a little bit of that philosophy. Right? Robert Sala's got a Super Bowl ring as an assistant coach. Robert Sala was a coordinator in a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Came this close to winning one. Right? Joe Douglas, dude's got three rings. Not as a general manager, but still part of organizations. He's got three rings. A lot of people in that building have rings. Unfortunately, none of them came with the Jets. And you hope that they're going to be the ones to bring that championship mentality to this club and to this organization, which goes without saying has been quite some time. Denzel Mims is still here. Um, by the way, it's good to see locker rooms open. I, I know you guys maybe don't care as much, but media was in that locker room today for the first time in what, two years, two years more, pre-COVID? You know, you get a little bit more access in the locker room instead of, like, just having to deal with the player that the PR brings out to you and speaks to everybody. You know, now you get your pick of the litter. You can go to somebody's locker, this guy's locker, and, you know, strike up a conversation, maybe get a few more stories, this and that. I like that. I like it a lot. But anyway, Denzel Mims was in that locker room, still on the team despite the fact he wants to get traded from the team. Um, let's hear from Joe Douglas. He met the media. Why didn't you trade Denzel Mims, Joe? Ron and I have a good relationship. Denzel's agent. So kind of got a heads up that that was coming. You know, fielded some calls. Uh, ultimately, nothing materialized, especially anything that we would consider for the right value for a player of Denzel's talent and ability. I think all you guys saw that on Sunday against the Giants. So ultimately, nothing materialized on that front with, within, uh, with any trades. I got to be honest with you. Not only did I think that Denzel Mims would be out of here, I thought that Joe Douglas was probably going to get no no worse than a third or a fourth round pick for him because Joe, like, waves the magic wand. I mean, think about some of these trades that Joe's made over the years, right? <laughs> I mean, like, from Sam Darnold to Jamal Adams to Chris. He got, think about what he got for guys like Chris Herndon and Blake Cashman, among others, right? Whatever you think the return value is going to be Joe just says the hell with that and he kicks it up a notch and he gets it he gets it so he stuck to his guns and assigned the value to Denzel Mims another team didn't want to approach that yet and so be it you know you can never have enough depth this is a this is a team that forget about the fact they didn't have enough depth at wide receiver over the years whenever the guys that they did count on would go down on injury, they were literally just plucking dudes off the street. Like, they even asked me to play wide receiver one week. It's like, you think you think you got a couple of snaps in you out on the field, just run some routes, you know, maybe do some downfield blocking, things like that? I was never going to suit up for a game, but that's how bad it was. 
And now that's not the case anymore. Now they got some primo talent at the position. So a guy like Denzel Mims, it's not like Denzel Mims from when he was drafted in 2020 got any worse. A couple of things conspired against Denzel Mims. Number one, a new coaching staff showed up, right? A new coaching staff, a new offensive system, which he was not drafted for. Number two, the Jets went out and got better wide receivers than Denzel Mims to fill out that depth chart. And that is not a crime in a knock against the Jets. They are allowed to do that. You're always looking to incorporate talent and bring in the best players possible. They spent a lot of money on Corey Davis in free agency. They drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. They drafted Garrett Wilson in the first round. They re-signed Braxton Berrios, who's carved out a nice little role for himself on this team. There just ain't enough meals out there for everybody to eat. It's as simple as that. Not everybody could play. Can't put five wide receivers on the field at the same time. And now you went out there and brought in better tight ends, so now you got pass catchers at the tight end position. So the opportunities just aren't going to be there. But it's the NFL. It's the real world. Things don't always go according to plan. There might be injuries. Guys might miss games, miss practices. Then is when if you're Denzel Mims and your number is called, boom, you got to step up. You got to step up. Lastly, let's hear from Denzel. He was asked if he feels like he has to prove that he belongs. I feel like I already pretty much did that from OTAs until now. I mean, I've, they pretty um, set on who they want. I'm on a 53-man roster, so I feel like that's a kind of a plus in, on, on the side, but I'm just trying to continue to do what I can to be number one. Of course, I'm going to be frustrated that I'm not playing with the starters, but I just got to continue to work. Say what you want about him, though. He has a good attitude. He does. He's not like a locker room cancer. He's not divisive or anything like that. He's a good dude. He's doing his best. He's working hard and hoping he gets an opportunity. And the trade didn't work out. It's not to say that a trade won't happen before the deadline in the middle of the season because, you know what, there could be another team in the league that suffers an injury or two at wide receiver and needs to bring in a guy like Mims. And then maybe Joe Douglas's phone is going to ring. We'll see. Your thoughts. On this Jets roster, I know we got a few calls up, 800-919-3776. We'll get to those when we come back, plus the Giants side of things, although it was a little bit more quiet than the Jets here over the last couple of days. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. ESPN New York is celebrating the return of football with the Back to Football viewing party with Peter Rosenberg on Thursday night, September the 8th, as the new season kicks off. Come watch the season opener at the Ainsworth, located at 310 Sinatra Drive in Hoboken, New Jersey. Peter's going to be joined by the 98.7 promo team and Anita Marks as well. They'll give away back-to-football prize packs and tickets to select 2022 Jets games. ESPN New York's back-to-football night is brought to you by Modelo, Jack Daniels, FanDuel Sportsbook, and Leafly. So you want to check that out? That is, of course, what, uh, September the 8th, a week a week from tomorrow for the big opener, Rams, Bills from SoFi Stadium to kick off the 2022 season. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Mets with a 2-0 lead as they go bottom five behind Jacob DeGrom. DeGrom finally gave up a hit, as a matter of fact, in that fifth inning, which is one hit for the Dodgers so far. We're halfway through with City Field. And give Serena a hell of a lot of credit. She took that first set from Contevit. In a tiebreak, 7-6. So we'll see if she can finish it out. I think the longer this match goes, it favors the two seed, not Serena. So I think Serena's best pass to victory would be to wrap this thing up in two sets. We'll see if she could get it done uh, over the young two seed. Talking football, though. Talking jet football. And <laughs> of course, at 800-919-3776. Dante's in Hillside. Up next, Dan Grasso Show. How are you, Dante? Hey, Dan, I'm good, man. Listen, man, I, I don't want to start off negative. You know what I mean? I'm a big-time Jet fan. Um, I think that, you know, this team is a quarterback away from, you know, good quarterback play away from uh, being a contender. Um, but the one thing I don't like, um, this is something that Salah said in regards to uh, his cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that Ashton Davis, the reason why he chose, you know, Ashton Davis uh, for one was because of character. Like, I, I get it. You want to have guys that aren't locker room problems, but from what I what I understand, Pennick was no problem. Nope. And from, right, and from what I saw on the field, he played much better. So I mean, we're, we're not we're not auditioning for a quiet. We we on the football field. You want dogs. So if Pennick is not making a big fuss or, or a problem in your locker room, I don't understand why Ashton Davis is still on the roster, and Pennick is now. The on the New York Giants. I, I just don't understand that, man. Well, he also brought up special teams. He said that that was also a reason to it as well. They're satisfied with what Ashton Davis gives them on special teams. But I'll, I'll, I'll look, Dante. I agree with you. All right, I agree with you hundred percent. And I like Ashton Davis. He's a good dude. But I'll ask the question this way: If you draft the guy in the third round two years ago, which is where Ashton Davis was taken, third round in 2020, at the safety position, right. and they talked about all of his athletic ability and everything that he could do for a defense and so on and so forth. Two years in, well, this is now his third year, as a matter of fact, are you justifying keeping him on your roster because of what he does on special teams? Is that why you drafted him that high, or did you draft him to actually help in your defense? Exactly, and that's, and that's one of my problems that I have with making that decision to me the best best 53 should be on the field regardless it's just like for example with arizona when arizona went out and they got josh rosen they saw that rosen wasn't the guy so next year they got another quarterback they got Kyler murray because he wasn't the guy 
So it's the same situation. No matter where you're drafted, if you come out and you don't play better than the next man, you should not be on that 53-man roster. And I watched Pennick. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm at every game, every practice. He was the guy. He was the guy. And like you said, special teams should not be the determining factor, especially when safety for the Jets is its not the worst, but it can be better. And Pennick had, you know, they changed him from corner to safety. Mm-hmm. That's a tough thing to do. And he showed progress. Why would you let a guy like that go? You shouldn't. He should be it, on the roster. It was, the, it was easily, Dante, easily the biggest surprise of any of the cuts. And, and I thank you for the phone call. You get back to me here. I, I'll, I'll tell you something. Jason Pinnock, I thought at the very least, would be one of your two starting safeties week one of 2023. Because remember, LaMarcus Joyner and Jordan Whitehead are your safeties. Whitehead's going to be here a while. They signed him from the Tampa Bay Bucks, But LaMarcus Joyner, they brought him back on a one-year deal. LaMarcus Joyner said he was going to retire this year. Remember, he got hurt in the first game of the season last year in Carolina. We never saw him again. He was going to retire if not for the Jets because he wanted to come back to the Jets. Coaching staff loves LaMarcus Joyner. think he's a great fit for the defense. This is a guy who, when he was a Raider, they were playing him a corner, kind of got like out of sorts a little. His game dropped off. They feel he's a better fit for the safety position in this defense. And you hope they're right. You hope he can stay healthy on the field, and you hope he can manifest whatever they think he can be. But he's an older player, and I said at the very least, maybe he's only got one year here. And I thought Pinnock would be, you know, the life in the NFL, get younger, get cheaper. I thought that they would nudge Pinnock into that spot by next season. Because I didn't think it was going to be Ashton Davis, and I still don't think it's going to be Ashton Davis. And so when they let Pinnock go, I don't know if they thought that maybe they had this idea that they can maybe sneak him through waivers and they would grab him back and put him on the practice squad. But Giants, you know, right underneath their nose. I'm trying to remember, did Pinnock make any big plays in the uh, the joint scrimmage against the Giants that they had last week and then on the preseason game on Sunday. I can't even remember, but good dude, good player, and, uh, you know, I'm glad he's going to get a shot there with the Giants, and, you know, he's going to go out there and try to make the Jets pay for letting him go. We'll see. 800-919-3776. Speaking of the Giants, here's David Hawthorne. He's up next, 98.7 ESPN. David, how are you? Good, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. I've been loving the show. Um so I think today was a little bit of a sobering reminder of the gigantic hole that, that Dave Gettleman put the Giants in. I know they've had injuries at tight end, and, and Bellinger might be something, but I keep thinking, hmm, I can't believe they haven't made a trade or active trying to do something. And then I saw today that the Giants are still $4.6 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's not jump change. That's a lot of money. Like, what are the Giants going to do here to get under that cap number? Well, like you said, it goes back to Dave Gettleman, right? I I mean, no other way around it. And they're still paying for those sins, unfortunately. They still are to this day. Um, You know, I've told the story on the air so many times. You know, you look at a guy like James Bradbury, right, who was so good for them. I mean, Giants didn't have a lot go right for them last year, but James Bradbury was one of those guys. And the Giants, they're one of their best players. They were left to cut him 
and lose him for nothing. And then he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. So he's now going to see the Giants twice a year, and he's going to try to stick it to them. And teams did not even pick up the phone and offer anything worth a damn to the Giants because, Dave, they knew, like you knew and I knew, that the Giants were in such cap hell that they had to cut Bradbury if they weren't going to trade for him. So why should I give up anything if we know this guy's going to be available in a couple of days? It's awful. Exactly. Exactly, and it also makes you realize that this is such a, a turnover year in the sense that, yeah, you want to see the you know Dave all come in and, and, and do some good things, and I think Shane has made some nice moves already, but the reality is, like, they're still not out from under this. Like, this is a year where they just kind of have to, like, heal the, the wounds that have been created from, from what Gettleman did, where, like, you know, winning games this year, whatever about Daniel Jones, like, they just have to get to a point where they can – add to this roster without having to, to deal with the cap issues. Well, I mean, you look at a couple of guys, and I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, paint the picture that, um, you know, th- there's a, a, a ton of guys that are available out there because, as I always like to say this time of the year, more often than not, if somebody's on the street, if they're not on a roster, it's because... 32 teams don't think that they can help them, right? There's always, there's always a reason as to why somebody is just cut free at the end of August when training camp is over. But look at the Giants, for example. I th- did, you mentioned it, Dave, like tight end. You know, the giant tight end position right now leaves a lot to be desired as far as I'm concerned. You know, Bellinger's a kid they drafted. We don't know what he's going to be. He was banged up during camp. you got a few veteran tight ends who are out on the street right now, whether it's O.J. Howard, um, Eric Ebron's out there, Jared Cook is still available, and the Giants can't afford to bring any of these guys in because, as you said, they're over the cap. Not good. No, it's not good at all. It isn't good at all. And, Dave, thanks for the phone call. And that's why... You don't want to hear this, but that's why you got to preach patience. You know, you'd love to be able to win some games this year if you're a Giant fan. And they're going to try to win games. But unfortunately, they got to come in and clean up the mess. Right? They got to clean up the mess. I mean, Joe Douglas did exactly that when he took over the Jets. And he even got a later start because remember, Joe came in in June of whatever year that was, 2019. So it was Mike McCagnin who drafted in 2019. Mike McCagnin had the whole draft uh, free agent class in 2019. Then Joe Douglas comes in and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to make do with this team. And then it wasn't until that next offseason where you started to see him kind of weed through this roster and carried over even into 2021. And it's taken him a good couple of years to kind of clean up. You know, mess is a strong word, but to make over this roster into how he sees fit and to incorporate a lot of talent. And that's, you know, goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier. You know, how many guys that are still on this Jets team were brought in by Mike McCagnin? And more importantly, how many guys were drafted by Mike McCagnin? Maybe one or two? Quinn and Williams and what, Nathan Shepard? Are those the only ones left that were Mike McCagnin draft picks that are still on this Jets team? That's staggering. And it also explains why they have not been as successful as you would like on the field. Now, Joe Shane realizes that with the New York Giants, and so does Brian Dayball. Think about where Joe Shane just came from, and Brian Dayball, for example. Buffalo had to undergo a makeover themselves. 
They were just ahead of the curve, and they got it right, and they hit on the quarterback, first and foremost, which is going to accelerate a lot of rebuilding plans. But they know what is in store. They've already begun the process of rolling their sleeves up and getting to work. And if you can win some games this year along the way while you're doing it, so be it. But this year is not going to be judged on wins and losses for the Giants. Not in year number one. And I hate to say it, probably not even in year number two either. Fans fans are going to want to win every game. But you're not going to give Dayball and Shane a grade after year one or a final grade and determine their future, whether they're doing a good job or they're doing a bad job. Hopefully you can start to see light at the end of the tunnel once 2023 comes around, and then maybe you have a better team ready to be more competitive. 800-919-3776. We'll keep this conversation going here, talking about the NFL, talking about the cuts, the upcoming season. A week from tomorrow, this baby starts for real. Cannot wait. Dan Gross's show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN on this Wednesday. A lot of stuff going on. Met lead has been trimmed in half. It's 2-1 as DeGrom uh, hung one over the plate. Mookie Betts obliged and hit it into the left field seats to make it 2-1 Mets in the top of the six, but still two outs. Hopefully DeGrom could get out of this one, even though the tying run is in scoring position here. Serena down two breaks in the second set, even though she won the first set in the tiebreaker 7-6. So those are the two things we're keeping our eyes on here. Um, out of town scoreboard with baseball, though, with the Bravos. They at last look had a, yes, 2 nothing lead over the Colorado Rockies. We told you, Atlanta's not losing again tonight to Colorado. That is a given. Um, so the Mets are going to have to win to keep that thing at at least Three games in the division. Uh, Tampa Bay, who's, of course, the closest suitor to the Yankees, that is a 1-1 game, top eight against the Marlins. You realize Tampa Bay has won 18 of the last 20 games against the Marlins. I know it's not like a great in-state rivalry because down in Florida, it's like how many people actually care about baseball? Like nobody goes to the games. Um, But, yeah, 18 out of 20 is 18 out of 20. And you figure they take care of business again tonight. We shall see. Uh, we're talking some football. Member Rich Samini is going to join us to talk a little more Jets coming up in 20 minutes. He, of course, covers them for ESPN. Subi in Midtown is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Subi, how are you? Hey, I was looking ahead to week one of the season with the Ravens. <laughs> the defensive side of the football, who's going to be the MVP? Is it going to be Quinn and Williams? 
can he be? Can he be like the Aaron Donald of the uh, NFL? Can he be like a defensive MVP like the Jets need? Because I was just looking ahead to the season and uh, like who's going to be the one who can stop Lamar Jackson? Because if they don't stop Lamar Jackson, I mean I don't know who who's going to stop him. And then also with these wide receivers that the Ravens have, I don't see any star star studded power. So they really have no excuses not to stop Lamar Jackson or the offensive side of the football in general. That's all I got to say. Um, well, Subi, thanks for the phone call. Um, first of all, I, don't, I wouldn't put that on Quinn and Williams' shoulders because if it comes down to Quinn and Williams to stop Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's just going to run around them and run past them and run through them, behind, backwards, forwards, because he's a lot faster than Quinn and Williams. And I, look, here's the fact of the matter. You might not want to hear this, but, you know, I, I, I don't hold back. I'm telling you the truth. Ravens are a bad, bad, bad week one matchup for the Jets. They are. They just are. You know, that, that's an opponent that you want to see on your schedule, like, no earlier than maybe like week six. Right? Because you got a lot of new faces on the team. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. And look, I think the Jet defense could be pretty good this year. I really and truly do. With the additions they made, especially in that secondary, I love the defensive line. You know, Quan Alexander looks like he's going to add a nice little boost to that linebacking core. So defensively, all three levels, I think they're really, really solid. I mean, hell, you can't be any worse than they were last year. They were ranked dead last in the NFL. They're not going to be ranked dead last. But when you're coming off of an exhibition season where – you really haven't played all that much. You know, you haven't gotten a lot of reps together, and that's one of the casualties of not playing your starters in preseason, of course. This is the wrong team and the wrong guy to have to go up against in week one. I just remember back, I don't know if it was 2019. 20, yeah, it, was, it had to be. twenty. Yeah, it was 2019. Remember week one of 2019? Ravens went down to Miami to play week one, and Lamar Jackson put up, I don't know, like 40-something points. I don't remember what he did that day. But, yeah, that's that's not the type of player you want to face right out of the gates. And even on the other side of the ball, I think that Raven defense is a horrible matchup for the Jets to have to deal with right out of the gates in week one, and especially sounds like it's going to be Joe Flacco. I mean, you don't want Joe Flacco to be a sitting duck back there, immobile, going up against that defense. You got to play these teams at some point. I get it. But, you know, would have probably. Like, having Cleveland as your opponent week one with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, that might have been the, you know, more appetizing week one opponent as opposed to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Jets are going to have their work cut out for them. That's for sure. Ben is in Long Island. He's up next on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Ben? Uh, what's going on? I appreciate you taking my phone call. Uh, I just got to say, I think Baltimore does have a little bit, does have some question marks as well. But my main point is, I think the only reason Ashton Davis is still on the roster is because you made, you made the point for me uh, just before. He was a third-round pick two years ago, and Joe Douglas is trying his hardest to save face for that horrendous 2020 draft. There's absolutely no one. Uh, out of that draft that that is a player that is, should be on this 53-man roster. And I was hoping you could give me some insight on why in the world guys like Nathan Shepard are still on the roster when he does nothing 
but commit stupid penalties. And I don't know. Nathan Shepard is just a name that I was convinced for the past two years was going to be off his roster, and somehow he always makes it. And I believe he brings nothing to the table. I just don't understand. I I, I was a little surprised about the Nathan Shepard one, to, to be quite honest with you, Ben, as well, and thanks for the phone call. Um, not to the extent necessarily of Ashton Davis, but I was surprised. I remember, and like I said, Nathan Shepard was a McCagnan draft pick. You know, 2018. Um, and he has been prone to the lapses where he commits the penalty that you, you'd like to have back. Um, that have to do with discipline more than anything else, whether it's a false start penalty, whether it's a, you know, a face mask, late hit, those type of things. You know, you, you wish you could coach those out of players. You wish you can, but they rear their ugly heads sometimes. If you look at the defensive line rotation, true, like, nose tackle type players they really don't have many and that's why I think they got Shepard in there more than anything else to see if he can be a guy that can maybe clog the middle somewhat to help stop the run because remember their best run defender last season is now playing in Jacksonville Foley Fadukasi you know Sheldon Rankins is a defensive tackle but he's not like a true run stuffer Quinnen Williams is a guy who um yeah he could stop the run but you want Quinnen Williams like rushing that pocket, rushing that gap, and getting into the backfield to disrupt the passer, create havoc in the backfield. Not a guy who's going to eat up like two blockers, you know, like the old, you know, Sam Adams, Vince Wolfork, Ted Washington type guys were. Just these giant dudes who were going to, you know, command two blockers and, you know, be a mountain that you couldn't move. That, that, that's not like what his game is necessarily. It's about speed, quickness, and power more than anything else. I don't want to say the name Aaron Donald because that's not fair. There is no other Aaron Donald, but, you know, Aaron Donald light, I think, is what they envision from somebody like a Quinn and Williams here. What about the Giants here? Brian Dayball. We haven't talked much about uh, them necessarily, but Kadarius Toney is a guy who's, you know, to Giant fans, one big mystery. Is he not? Here was the head coach of the football Giants today about, well, how's Kadarius Toney doing? Improving. He's improving. I'm just taking it day by day. I, I thought yesterday he came out and practiced and had a pretty good practice. I think he's getting better. You know, hopefully we'll be be ready to go. We've kind of ramped him up as we went. You know, the last few weeks and given him more and more reps. So hopefully he'll be ready. You know, I, I know that Daniel Jones is under evaluation this year. You know, how about this? We'll talk about the giant offense. Let, let me get a break in here real quick. Take a timeout, come back, talk a little Giants here, plus more of your calls, 800-919-3776. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, football fans, sign up for Cover 5. That is a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun and compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN hosts. What you do is you pick five games each week, and the best score against the spread throughout the regular season will win $1,000. How about that? Weekly prizes of $100 will also be awarded as well. So join the 98.7 ESPN League with code NY22 on the Cover 5 app and Cover5.com. It's as easy as one, two, free. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. I got to get hooked up on that thing. I have not been uh, made aware of, of how to go about doing that, even though I just told you how to do it. But, you know, I don't know if we have to do something different because we're the hosts or anything. But, yeah, that's something we definitely want to be a part of as we get Ready to rock and roll for the upcoming season. Look forward to that as well. You know, as far as the Giants are concerned, like talking about their offense and their situation, 
I look at their wide receivers. It's just one big mystery to me. You know, it really and truly is. Like, Galladay, like, I, I couldn't be... We, we, we talk about how, like, a guy like Edwin Diaz has undergone this, like, 180 in this town, right? This transformation of being a guy who was, like, vilified to somebody who... And Brandon Nimmo just made the best catch you're going to see probably all year. I'm, I'm sorry to, you know, have my thoughts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He went up and took a home run away from Justin Turner that would have tied this game. And I'm not saying, like, you know, almost would have been a home run. No, it would have been a home run to dead center field. And he's showing the emotion. That is as good a catch as you are going to see all year from Mr. Nimmo to dead center field, keeping this game at 2-1 and helping out his buddy Jake DeGrom. Oh, that's out of the ballpark. That is out of the ballpark. He went up and took it and brought it back. Right underneath the Coors light sign there at center field. Oh, my goodness. Brandon Nimmo, have yourselves a night. Still 2-1 Mets with two outs in the seventh. Anyway, I digress. Kenny, Do- Kenny Galladay is a guy who, when he was with the Detroit Lions, I- 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 he was one of my favorite wide receivers in the league. I was talking about it last night. When he was a free agent in that class last year, I said, that's the guy to go get, man. He's physical. He goes and attacks the football in the air, which I love to see from a wideout. I hate wide receivers who sit there and wait for the ball to play them. He played the ball. Yeah, did the Giants overpay him a little bit? Sure. But, hey, they got him, and it didn't work out. And now this year it looks like he is no more further inclined to being able to turn it around this season as well. Kadarius Toney, like, you don't know what you're going to get from him. I mean, he was a mystery last year. Sterling Shepard, think about how much time he missed. He's only recently back from injury. Slayton, like, <laughs> Slayton maybe was a, his roster spot was in jeopardy for this season. And, and the kid Robinson, the rookie, I mean, it's, you don't know what you're going to get. He's a rookie. Why am I going on about the wide receivers? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, a little while ago, we were just talking about the tight emphasis for the Giants, and it leaves a lot to be desired. Okay, so more of an emphasis on the wide receivers. And number two, the guy who was at the centerpiece of everything here, is Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones is very much in an evaluation situation for 2022. There's no guarantee he's coming back. So if you're a quarterback and you're going to go out there and try to impress your new bosses, your new coach, your new general manager, and you want to go out there and have success, well, best way about going about doing that is maybe having guys that you could trust, guys that you can rely on, Guys that you can distribute the ball and they help you make plays. And there's questions there. And DeGrom strikes out the final hitter in the seventh inning. So two punch outs and Nimmo with an absolutely fantastic catch. So DeGrom right now is at 93 pitches through seven innings. I sent him out there for the eighth if I'm Showalter. There's your bridge to Edwin Diaz. Send him out there for the eighth. But we'll see if Buck could do that or is Buck going to err on the side of caution? We'll see. But, boy, Nimmo with an unbelievable play. Unbelievable play. You guys are going to like that one if you're just listening now and you didn't get a chance to see it. A tremendous play by one Mr. Brandon Nimmo. They're still 2-1 Mets over the Los Angeles Dodgers going to the bottom of the seventh. It'd be great if they could get some more runs, too, I, I think, to say the least, because you're not winning this game 2-1. to one. Or I mean, you may, but you would rather not. You'd rather win this game 4-1 to one or 5-1 to one and give whoever the heck it is pitching in there a little bit of breathing room. I, I, I think... That would probably qualify more than anything else. 
Um, I wanted to point out also, John Gruden has kind of laid low, right, over the last year, ever since those emails came to light, and he was ousted with the Las Vegas Raiders. I haven't heard much from John Gruden. Well, he showed up the other day at some college football thing, I think down in Arkansas, some like open public forum, and uh, spoke to the crowd and spoke a little bit about his situation. Here's Gruden talking about how he hopes that he gets another chance. Well, I appreciate it. I'm not going to uh, uh, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just it's it's shameful. But uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. i got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. I mean, you don't expect him to say anything different. Um, you know, he's not a criminal, but, you know, if you want to work in the league and you want to have a, um, you know, a, a, a public forum and a, a public position and a lead a public life, you know, you can't go around shooting emails like that. And unfortunately for him, obviously, they were, um, you know, made public. And we're still trying to figure out how that happened, when it happened, who did it? But Raiders have moved on, and now Gruden is trying to pick up the pieces in his life, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. Dan Gross's show, 98.7 ESPN.